0: Uh, it's 9 15 and we are continuing one kings at chapter six in the 480th year after the israelites had come out of egypt in the fourth year of solomon's reign over egypt in the month of ziv the second month he began to build the temple of the lord The temple that King Solomon built for the Lord was 60 cubits long, 20 wide, and 30 high. The portico at the front of the main hall of the temple extended the width of the temple, that is 20 cubits, and projected 10 cubits from the front of the temple. He made narrow, clerestory windows. Not sure what that looks like. Clerestory windows in the temple. Against the walls of the main hall and inner sanctuary, he built a structure around the building, in which there were side rooms. The lowest floor was five cubits wide, the middle floor was six cubits, and the third floor seven. He made offset ledges around the outside of the temple so that nothing would be inserted into the temple walls. In building the temple, only blocks dressed at the quarry were used, and no hammer, chisel, or any iron tool was heard at the temple site while it was being built. The entrance to the lowest floor was on the south side of the temple, a stairway led up to the middle level and from there to the third. So he built the temple and completed it, roofing it with beams and cedar planks, and he built the side rooms all along the temple. The height of each was five cubits, and they were attached to the temple by beams of cedar. The word of the Lord came to Solomon. As for this temple you are building, if you follow my decrees, carry out my regulations, and keep all my commands and obey them, I will uh, fulfill through you the promise I gave to David your father, And and I will live among the Israelites and will not abandon my people to Israel. So Solomon built the temple and completed it. He lined its interior walls with cedar boards, paneling them from the floor of the temple to the ceiling, and covered the floor of the temple with planks of pine. He partitioned off twenty cubits at the rear of the temple with cedar boards from floor to ceiling to form within the temple an inner sanctuary, the most holy place. The main hall in front of this room was forty cubits long. The inside of the temple was cedar, carved with uh, gourds and open flowers. Everything was cedar, no stone was to be seen. He prepared the inner sanctuary within the temple to set the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord there. The inner sanctuary was twenty cubits long, uh, twenty wide and twenty high, he overlaid the inside with pure gold, and he also overlaid the altar of cedar. Solomon covered the inside of the temple with pure gold, and he extended gold chains across the front of the inner sanctuary, which was overlaid with gold. So he overlaid the whole interior with gold. He also overlaid with gold the altar that belonged to the inner sanctuary. In the inner sanctuary, he made a pair of cherubim. He made a pair of cherubim. Of olive oil. Uh, wait. Oh Jesus! I was <laughs> so tired. In the inner sanctuary, he made a pair of cherubim of olive wood, each ten cubits high. One wing of the first cherubim was five cubits long, and the other wing five cubits, ten cubits from the wing tip to tip. The second cherub also measured ten cubits. For the two cherubim were identical in size and shape. That's lovely. The height of each cherub was 10 cubits. He placed the cherubim inside the innermost room of the temple with their wings spread out. The wing of one cherub touched one wall, while the wing of the other touched the other wall, and their wings touched each other in the middle of the room. He overlaid the cherubim with gold. On the walls around the temple, um, in both the inner and outer rooms, he carved cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. He also covered the floors of both the inner and outer rooms of the temple with gold. For the entrance to the inner sanctuary, he made doors of olive wood with five-sided jams. And on the two olive wood doors, he carved cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, and overlaid the cherubim and palm trees with beaten gold. In the same way, he made four-sided jams of olive wood for the entrance to the main hall. He also made two pine doors, each having two leaves that turned into sockets. He carved cherubim, palm trees, and opened flowers on them, and overlaid them with gold hammered evenly over the carvings. And he built the inner courtyard of three courses of dressed stone and one course of trimmed cedar beams. The foundation of the temple of the Lord was laid in the fourth year, in the month of Ziv. In the eleventh year, in the month of Bull, the eighth month, the temple was finished in all its details according to its specifications. He had spent seven years building it. It took Solomon 13 years, however, to complete the construction of his palace. He built the palace of the Forest of Lebanon 100 cubits long, 50 wide and 30 high, with four rows of cedar columns supporting trimmed cedar beams. It was roofed with cedar above the beams that rested on the columns, 45 beams, 15 in a row. Its windows were placed high in sets of three facing each other. All the doorways had rectangular frames. They were in the front part in sets of three facing each other. He made a colonnade fifty cubits long and thirty wide. In front of it was a portico, and in front of that were pillars and an overhanging roof. He built the throne hall, the Hall of Justice, where he went to judge, and covered it with cedar from floor to ceiling, and the palace in which he was to live, set farther back, was similar in design. Solomon also made a palace like this hall for Pharaoh's daughter, whom he had married. All of these structures from the outside to the great courtyard and from foundations to eaves were made of blocks of high-grade stone cut to size and trimmed with a saw on their inner and outer faces. The foundations were laid with large stones of good quality and some measuring ten cubits and some eight. Above were high-grade stones cut to size and cedar beams. The great courtyard was surrounded by a wall of three courses of dressed stone and one course of trimmed cedar beams as was the inner courtyard of the temple of the Lord with its portico. King Solomon sent Tyre and brought Huram, whose mother was a widow from the tribe of of Naphtali, and whose father was a man of Tyre and a craftsman in bronze. Huram was highly skilled and experienced in all kinds of bronze work. He came to King Solomon and did all the work assigned to him. He cast two bronze pillars, each 18 cubits high and 12 cubits around by line. He also made two capitals of cast bronze to set on the tops of the pillar. Each capital was five cubits high. A network of interwoven chains festooned the capitals on top of the pillars, seven for each capital. He made pomegranates in two rows, encircling each network to decorate the capitals on the top of the pillars. He did the same for each capital. The capitals on top of the pillars in the portico were in the shape of lilies, four cubits high. On the capitals of both pillars... Uh, above the bowl-shaped part next to the network where 200 pomegranates in rows all around. He erected the pillars as a portico of the temple. The pillar to the south he named Jakin, and the one to the north, Boaz. The capitals on top were in the shape of lilies and so the work on the pillars were completed. He made the sea of cast metal circular in shape measuring 10 cubits from rim to rim and 5 cubits high. It took a line of 30 cubits to measure around it. Below the rim, gourds encircled it, 10 to a cubit. The gourds were cast in two rows in one piece with the sea. The sea stood on 12 bulls, facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. The sea rested on top of them, and their hindquarters were toward the center. It was a hand's breadth hand breadth in thickness, and its rim was like the rim of a cup, like a lily blossom. It held 2,000 baths. He also made 10 movable stands of bronze. Each was four cubits long, four wide, and three high. This is how the stands were made. They had side panels attached to uprights. On the panels, between the uprights were lions, bulls, and cherubim, and on the uprights as well. Okay. Above and below the lions and bulls were wreaths of hammered work. Each stand had four bronze wheels with bronze axles, and each had a basin resting on four supports, cast with wreaths on each side. On the inside of the stand, there was an opening that had a circular frame one cubit deep. This opening was round, and with its basework, it measured a cubit and a half. Around its opening, there was engraving. The panels of stands were square, not round. The four wheels were under the panels, and the axles of the wheels were attached to the stand. The diameter of each wheel was a cubit and a half. The wheels were made like chariot wheels. The axles, rims, spokes, and hubs were all of cast metal. Each stand had four handles, one on each corner, projecting from the stand. At the top of the stand, there was a circular band half a cubit deep. The supports and panels were attached to the top of the stand. He engraved cherubim, lions, and palm trees on the surfaces of the supports and on the panels, in every available space, with wreaths all around. This is the way he made the ten stands. They were all cast in the same molds and were identical in size and shape. He then made ten bronze basins, each holding forty baths, and measuring four cubits across, one, basin's, one basin to go on each of the ten stands. He placed five of the stands on the south side of the temple and five on the north. He placed the sea on the south side at the southeast corner of the temple. He also made the basins and shovels and sprinkling bowls. So Haram finished uh, all the work he had undertaken for King Solomon in the temple of the Lord. The two pillars, the two bowl-shaped capitals on top of the pillars, the two sets of network decorating the two bowl-shaped capitals on top of the pillars, the 400 pomegranates for the two sets of network, two rows of pomegranates for each network decorating the bowl-shaped capitals on top of the pillars, The ten stands with their ten basins, the sea and the twelve bowls under it, the pots, shovels, and sprinkling bowls—all these objects that Haram made for the uh, made for King Solomon for the temple of the Lord were of burnished bronze. The king had them cast in clay molds in the plain of the Jordan between Succoth and uh, Zerthan. Solomon left all these things unweighed because they were so many; the weight of the bronze was not determined. Solomon also made all the furnishings that were in the Lord's temple the golden altar, the golden table on which was the bread of the Presence, the lampstands of pure gold, five on the right and five on the left, in front of the inner sanctuary, the gold floral work and lamps and tongs, the pure gold basins, wick trimmers, sprinkling bowls, dishes, and censers, and the gold sockets for the doors of the innermost room, the most holy place, and also for the doors of the main hall to the temple. When all the work King Solomon had done for the temple of the Lord was finished, he brought in the things his father David had dedicated, the silver and gold and the furnishings, and he placed them in the treasuries of the Lord's temple. When King Solomon summoned into his presence at Jerusalem the elders of Israel, all the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the Israelite families to bring up the ark of the Lord's covenant from Zion, the city of David, All the men of Israel came together to King Solomon at the time of the festival in the month of Ethanim, the seventh month. When all the elders of Israel had arrived, the priests took up the ark, and they brought up the ark of the Lord and the tent of meeting and all the sacred furnishings in it. The priests and Levites carried them up, and King Solomon and the entire assembly of Israel that had gathered around him were before the ark, "'sacrificing so many sheep and cattle "'that they cannot be recorded or counted. "'The priests then brought the Ark of the Lord's Covenant "'to its place in the inner sanctuary of the temple, "'the most holy place, "'and put it beneath the wings of the cherubim. "'The cherubim spread their wings over the place of the Ark "'and overshadowed the Ark and its carrying poles. "'These poles were so long that their ends could not be seen "'from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary.' But not from outside the holy place, and they are still there today. There was nothing in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites after they came out of Egypt. When the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. for The glory of the Lord filled the temple. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in a dark cloud. I have indeed built a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. While the whole assembly of Israel was standing there, the king turned around and blessed them. Then he said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his own hand has fulfilled what he promised with his own mouth to my father David. For he said, Since the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city in any tribe of Israel to have a temple built for my name to be there, but I have chosen David to rule my people Israel. My father David had it in his heart to build a temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, Because it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, you did well to have this in your heart. Nevertheless, you are not the one to build the temple, but your son who is your own flesh and blood he is the one who will build the temple for my name the lord has kept this uh, kept the promise the lord has kept the promise he made i have succeeded david my father and now i sit on the throne of israel just as the lord promised and i have built the temple for the name of the lord the god of israel i have provided a place there for the ark in which is the covenant of the lord that he made with our fathers when he brought them out of egypt then Solomon, then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel, spread out his hands towards heaven and said, "O Lord, God of Israel, there is no god like you in heaven above or on earth below. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants, who you continue wholeheartedly in your way, you have kept your promise to your servant David, my father." With your mouth you have promised, and with your hand you have fulfilled it as it is today. Now, Lord God of Israel, keep for your servant David, my father, the promises you made to him when you said, You shall never fail to have a man sit before me on the throne of Israel, if only your sons are careful, and all they do to walk before me as you have done. Oh, now, and now, O oh God of Israel, let your word that you promised your servant David, my father, come true. But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Yet give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy, O Lord my God. Hear the cry and the presence this day. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence this day. May your eyes be opened toward his temple night and day. May your eyes be opened toward this, this temple night and day, the place of which you said, My name shall be there. So that you will hear prayer, hear the prayer your servant prays toward this place. Hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear, uh, hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. When a man wrongs his neighbor and is required to take an oath, and he comes and swears the oath before your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and act. Judge between your servants, condemning the guilty, and bringing... Down on his own head what he has done. Declare the innocent not guilty, so establish his innocence. When your people Israel have been defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you, and when they turn back to you and confess your name, praying and making supplication to you in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land you gave their fathers. When heavens are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you, and when they pray toward this place and confess your name and turn from their sin because you have afflicted them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sins of your servants, your people Israel. Teach them the right way to live and send rain on the land you gave your people for an inheritance. When famine or plague comes to the land, or blight or mildew, locusts or grasshoppers, or when an enemy besieges them in any of their cities, whatever disaster or disease may come, and when a prayer or plea is made by any of your people Israel, each one aware of the afflictions of his own heart, and spreading out his hands toward this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Forgive and act. Deal with each man according to all he does, since you know his heart. For you alone know the hearts of all men. For you alone know the hearts of all men, so that they will fear you all the time they live in the land you gave our fathers. As for for the foreigner who does not belong to your people Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name, for men will hear of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, while he comes and prays toward this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place, and do whatever the foreigner asks of you. So that all the peoples of earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and may know that this house I have built bears his name, bears your name. When your people go to war against their enemies wherever you send them, and when they pray to the Lord for the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer and their plea and uphold their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and give them over to the enemy who takes them captive to his own land, far away or near. And if you have a change of heart in the land where they are held captive and repent and plead with you in the land of their conquerors and say, We have sinned. We have done wrong. We have acted wickedly. And if they turn back to you with all their heart and soul in the land of their enemies who took them captive, And pray to you toward the land you gave their fathers. Toward the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name. Then from heaven, your dwelling place, hear the prayer and their plea and uphold their cause. And forgive your people who have sinned against you. And forgive all the offenses they have committed against you. And cause their conquerors to show them mercy. For they are your people and your inheritance, whom you brought out of Egypt, out of that iron smelting furnace. May your eyes be open to your servant's plea and to the plea of your people Israel, and you may listen to them whenever they cry out to you. For you signaled them out from all the nations of the world to be your own inheritance, just as you declared through your servant Moses when you, O sovereign Lord, brought our fathers out of Egypt. When Solomon had finished all those prayers and supplications to the Lord, he rose from before the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling with his hands spread out toward heaven. He stood and blessed the whole assembly of Israel in a loud voice, saying, Praise be to the Lord, who has given rest to his people Israel, just as he promised. Not one word has failed on all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us, as he was with our fathers. May he never leave us nor forsake us. May he turn our hearts to him, to walk in all his ways, and to keep the commands, decrees, and regulations he gave our fathers. And may those words of mine which I have prayed before the Lord be near to the Lord our God day and night, that he may uphold the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel according to each day's need, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is no other. But your hearts must be fully committed to the Lord our God to live by his decrees and obey his demands as at this time. Then the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifices before the Lord. Solomon offered a sacrifice of fellowship offerings to the Lord, 22,000 cattle and a 120,000 sheep and goats. So the king and all the Israelites dedicated the temple of the Lord. On that same day, the king consecrated the middle part of the courtyard in front of the temple of the Lord. And there he offered burnt offerings, grain offerings, and the fat of the fellowship offerings, because the bronze altar before the Lord was too small to hold the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the fat of the fellowship offerings. So Solomon observed the festival at that time, and all Israel was with him, a vast assembly, people from Lebo, uh, Hamath, to the Wadi of Egypt, They celebrated it before the Lord our God for seven days and seven days more, 14 days in all. On the following day, he sent the people away. They blessed the king and then went home joyful and glad in heart for all the good things the Lord had done for his servant David and his people Israel. When Solomon had finished building the temple of the Lord in the royal palace and had achieved all he had desired to do, the Lord appeared to him a second time as he appeared to him at Gibeon. The Lord said to him, I have heard the prayer and plea you have made before me. I have consecrated this temple which you have built by putting my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. As for you, if you walk before me in integrity of heart and uprightness, as David your father did, and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish a royal throne over Israel forever, as I promised David your father when I said, You shall never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. But if you or your sons turn away from me and do not observe the commands and decrees I have given you, and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land I had given them, and will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. Israel will then become uh, a byword and an object of ridicule among all peoples. And though this temple is now imposing, all who pass by will be appalled and will scoff and say, Why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? People will answer, Because they have forsaken the Lord their God who brought their fathers out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshipping and serving them. This is why the Lord brought all this disaster on them. At the end of twenty years during which Solomon built these two buildings, the temple of the Lord and the royal palace, King Solomon gave 20 towns in Galilee to Hiram, king of Tyre, because Hiram had supplied him with all the cedar and pine and gold he wanted. But when Hiram went from Tyre to see to see the towns that Solomon had given him, he was not pleased with them. What kind of towns are these you have given me, my brother? He asked. And he called them the land of Kabul a name they have to this day. Now Hiram had sent to the king a hundred and twenty talents of gold. Here is the account of the forced labor King Solomon conscripted to build the Lord's temple, his own palace, the supporting terraces, the walls of Jerusalem and Hazor, Megiddo and Gezer. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, had attacked and captured Gezer. He had set it on fire. He killed its Canaanite inhabitants and then gave it as a wedding gift to his daughter, Solomon's wife. And Solomon rebuilt Gezer. He built, he built up Lower Beth, Haran, Balath, and Tadmor in the desert within his land, as well as all his stone cities and the towns for his chariots and for his horses. Whatever he desired to build in Jerusalem in Lebanon and throughout all the territory he ruled. All the people left from the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. These people were not Israelites, that is, their descendants remaining in the land whom the Israelites could not exterminate. These Solomon conscripted for his slave labor force, as it is to this day. But Solomon did not make slaves of any of the Israelites. They were his fighting men, his government officials, his officers, his captains, and the commanders of his chariots and charioteers. They were also the chief officials in charge of Solomon's projects, 550 officials supervising the men who did the work. After Pharaoh's daughter had come up from the city of David to the palace Solomon had built for her, he constructed the supporting terraces. Three times a year Solomon sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings on the altar he had built for the Lord, burning incense before the Lord along with them, and so fulfilled the temple obligations. King Solomon also built his ships at Ezion Geber, which is near Elath in Edom, on the shore of the Red Sea. And Hiram sent his men, sailors who knew the sea, to serve in the fleet with Solomon's men. They sailed to Ophir and brought back 420 talents of gold, which they delivered to King Solomon. When the Queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relation to the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. Arriving at Jerusalem with a very great caravan, with, caramels, uh, caramels, with camels carrying their spices, large quantities of gold, and precious stones, She came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, uh, the attending servants in their robes, his cupbearers, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by that run-on sentence. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told me. In wisdom and wealth you have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your men must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord your God who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. And she gave the king a 120 talents of gold, large quantities of spices and precious stones. Never again were so many questions brought in as those the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Hiram's ships brought gold from Mophir, and from there they brought great cargoes of Almagut, All wood and precious stones. The king used the all wood to make his supports for the temple of the Lord and for the royal palace and to make harps and lyres for the musicians. So much all wood has never been imported or ever seen since that day. King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba all she desired and asked for, besides what he had given her out of his royal bounty. Then she left and returned uh, with her retinue to her own country. The weight of the gold that Solomon received yearly was 666 talents, not including the revenues from merchants and traders and from all the Arabian kings and the governors of the land. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. 600 beckas of gold went into each shield. He also made 300 small shields of hammered gold, with three minas of gold in each shield. Uh, The king put them in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. The king made a great throne inlaid with ivory and overlaid with fine gold. The throne had six steps and its back had a rounded top. On both sides of the seat were armrests with a lion standing beside each of them. Twelve lions stood on the stone steps, one at either end of each step. Nothing like it had ever been made for any other kingdom all King Solomon's goblets were gold, and all the household articles in the palace of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. Nothing was made of silver, because silver was considered of little value in Solomon's days. The king had a fleet of trading ships at sea along with the ships of Hiram. Once every three years it returned, carrying gold, silver, and ivory, and apes and baboons. King Solomon was great in riches and wisdom than all the other kings of the earth. The whole world sought audience with Solomon to hear wisdom God had put in his heart. Year after year, everyone who came brought a gift: articles of silver and gold, robes, weapons and spices, and horses and mules. Solomon accumulated chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses, which he kept in the chariot cities, and also with him in Jerusalem. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones, and cedar as plentiful as sycamore fig trees in the foothills. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and from Kue. The royal merchants purchased them from Kueh. They imported a chariot from Egypt for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150. They also exported them to all the kings of the Hittites and, the, uh, and of the Aramaeans. King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women beside Pharaoh's daughters, besides Pharaoh's daughter. Well, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, You must not intermarry with them, because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had, <laughs> he had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Ashtarath, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely, as David, his father, had done. On a hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. He did the same for all his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel. Who had appeared to him twice, although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command, so the Lord said to Solomon, "Since this is your attitude which I commanded you, Ugh. since this is your attitude, and you have not kept my covenant in my decrees, which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates." Nevertheless, for the sake of David, your father, I will not do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. Yet I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, but will give him one tribe for the sake of David, my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. Another story where those not at fault are punished, which seems unfair. And there is no way to avoid this. And I suppose if the Lord is feeling forgiving and offering you a way out, uh, a way to choose (laughs) a road of forgiveness for your father's sins. Hmm. Then the Lord raised up against Solomon an adversary, Hadad the Edomite, from the royal line of Edom. Earlier, when David was fighting with Edom, Joab, the commander of the army, had gone up to bury the dead. Who had gone up to bury the dead struck down all the men in Edom. Joab and all the Israelites stayed there for six months until they had destroyed all the men in Edom. But Hadad, still only a boy, fled to Egypt with some Edomite officials who had served his father. They set out from Midian and went to Paran. Then, taking men from Paran with them, they went to Egypt, to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who gave Hadad a house and land and provided him with food. Pharaoh was so pleased with Hadad that he gave him a sister of his own wife, Queen Tapanes, in marriage. The sister of Tapanes bore him a son, and na- uh, a son named Genubath, whom Tapanes brought up in the royal palace. Then Genubath lived with Pharaoh's own children. When he was in Egypt, Hadad heard that David rested with his fathers and that Joab, the commander of the army, was also dead. Then Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me go that I may return to my own country. What have you lacked here that you want to go back to your own country, Pharaoh asked. Nothing, Hadad replied, but do let me go. And God raised up against Solomon another adversary, Razan, son of Eliada, who had fled from his master, Hadadazir, king of Zobah. He gathered men around him and became the leader of a band of rebels when David destroyed the forces of Zobah. The rebels went to Damascus, where they settled and took control. Rezan was Israel's adversary as long as Solomon lived, adding to the trouble trouble caused by Hadad. So Rezan ruled in Aram and was hostile toward Israel. I stopped recording after 25 minutes and went back to sleep because I am exhausted. Uh, I am unfocused we are not making very good progress today but I will soldier soldier, soldier through 20 more minutes also Jeroboam son of Nebat, son of rebelled against the king he was one of Solomon's officials an Ephraimite from Zerudah and his mother was a widow a widow named Zeruah Here is an account of how he rebelled against the king. Solomon had built the supporting terraces and had filled in the gap in the wall of the city of David his father. Now Jeroboam was a man of standing, and when Solomon saw how well the young man did his work, he put him in charge of the whole labor force of the house of Joseph. About that time, Jeroboam was going out of Israel, and Ahijah, the prophet of Shiloh, met him on the way, wearing a new cloak. The two of them were alone out in the country, and Ahijah took hold of the new cloak he was wearing and tore it into twelve pieces. Then he said to Jeroboam, Take ten pieces for yourself, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. See, I am going to tear the kingdom out of Solomon's hand and give you ten bribes. But for the sake of my hand... But for the sake of my servant David in the city of Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, he will have one tribe. I will do this because they have forsaken me and worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Shemash, the god of the Moabites, and Molech, the god of the Ammonites, and have not walked in my ways, nor done what is right in my eyes, nor kept my statutes and laws as David, Solomon's father, did. But I will not take the whole kingdom out of Solomon's hands. I have made him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of David, my servant, who I, whom I chose and who observed my command and statutes. I will take the kingdom from his son's hand and give you ten tribes. I will give one tribe to his son so that David, my servant, may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I chose to put my name. However, as for you, I will take you and you will rule over all that your heart desires. You will be the king over Israel. If you do whatever I command, if you do whatever I command you and walk in my ways and do what is right in my eyes by keeping my statutes and commands as David my servant did, I will be with you. I will build you a dynasty as enduring as the one I built for David, and I will give Israel to you. I will humble David's descendants because of this, but not forever. Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam, Jeroboam, but Jeroboam fled to Egypt to Shishak Shishak the king and stayed there until Solomon's death. As for the other events of Solomon's reign, all he did in the wisdom he displayed, are they not written in the book of Annals of Solomon? Solomon reigned in Israel, in Jerusalem, over all Israel, forty years. Then he rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David his father, and Rehoboam his son succeeded him as king. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all the Israelites had gone there to make him king. When Jeroboam son of Nabat, heard this, he was still in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon. He returned from Egypt, so they sent to Jeroboam, and so they sent for Jeroboam. And he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Rehoboam answered, Go away for three days, and then come back to me. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people? They replied, If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. He asked them, What is your advice? What should we answer these people who say to me, Lighten the yoke your father put on us? The young men who had grown up with him replied, Tell these people who have said to you, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Tell them, My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam, and the king had said, As the king had said, Come back to me in three days. The king answered the people harshly, rejecting the advice given him by the elders. He followed the advice of the young men and said, My father made your yoke heavy. I will make it even heavier. I will sc- My father scourge you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, for this turn of events was from the Lord. To fulfill the Lord, the Lord has to fulfill the word the Lord had spoken to Jeroboam, son of Nabat, through Ahijah, Ahijah the Shilonite. When all Israel saw that the king refused to listen to them, they answered the king, What share do we have in David? What part in Jesse's son? To your tents, O Israel, look after your own house, O David. So the Israelites went home. But as for the Israelites who were living in the towns of Judah, Rehoboam still ruled over them. King Rehoboam sent out Adoniram, who was in charge of forced labor, but all Israel stoned him to death. King Rehoboam, however, managed to get uh, get into his chariot and escape Jerusalem. So Israel had been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. When all the Israelites... Heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent and called him to the assembly and made him king over all Israel. Only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the house of David. When Rehoboam arrived in Jerusalem, he mustered the whole house of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, a hundred and eighty thousand fighting men, to make war against the house of Israel and to regain the kingdom of Rehoboam, son of Solomon. But this word of God came to Shemahai, the man of God. Say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, to the whole house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, this is what the Lord says, Do not go up to fight against your brothers, the Israelites. Go home, every one of you, for this is my doing. So they obeyed the word of the Lord and went home again as the Lord had ordered. Then Jeroboam fortified Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and lived there. From there he went went out and built Peniel. Jeroboam thought to himself The kingdom will now likely revert to the house of David if these people go up to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem they will again give their alliance to the Lord to their lord Rehoboam king of Judah They will kill me and return to king Rehoboam After seeking advice the king made two golden calves he said to the people, This is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. He sent one to Bethel and the other to Don. And this thing became a sin. The people went as far as Don to worship the one there. Jeroboam built shrines on high places and appointed priests from all sorts of people, even though they were not Levites. He instituted a festival on the fifteenth day of the eighth month, like the festival held in Judah. And offered sacrifices on the altar. This he did in Bethel, sacrificing to the calves he had made. And at Bethel he had also installed priests at the high places he had made. On the fifteenth day of the eighth month, a month of his own choosing, he offered sacrifices on the altar he had built at Bethel. So he insinuated the festival for the Israelites and went up to the altar to make offerings. But the word of the Lord, a man of God, came from Judah to Bethel, as Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make an offering. He cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord. O altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A a son named Josiah will be born to the house of David. On you he will sacrifice the priests of the high places who now make offerings here, and human bones will be burned on you. That same day the man of God gave a sign. This is a sign the Lord has declared. The altar will be split apart, and the ashes on it will be poured out. When King Jeroboam heard what the man of God cried out against the altar at Bethel, he stretched out his hand from the altar and said, Seize him. But the hand he stretched out toward the man shriveled up, so that he could not pull it back. Also the altar was split apart, and its ashes poured out according to the sign given by the man of God by the word of the Lord. The king said to the man of God, Intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored. So the man of God interceded with the Lord, and the king's hand was restored and became as it was before. The king said to the man, Come home with me and have something to eat. I will give you a gift. But the man of God answered the king, Even if you were to give me half of your possessions, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread or drink water here. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water or return by way by the way you came. So he took another road and did not return by the way he had come to Bethel. Now there was a certain old prophet living in Bethel, whose sons came and told him all that the man of God had done there that day. They also told their father what he said to the king. Their father asked them, which way did he go? And his sons showed him which rode the man of God from Judah had taken. So he said to his sons, "Saddle the donkey for me." And when they had settled the donkey for him, he mounted it and rode after the man of God. He found him sitting under an oak tree. "Are you uh, under an oak tree?" and asked, "Are you the man of God who came from Judah?" "I am," he said. So the prophet said to him, "Come home with me and eat." The man of God said, I cannot turn back and go with you, nor can I eat the bread or drink water with you in this place. I have been told by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water there or return by the way you came. The old prophet answered, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel said to me by the word of the Lord, bring him back with you to your house so that he may eat bread and drink water. But he was lying to them. But he was lying to him. So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank in his house. While they were sitting at the table, the word of the Lord came to the old prophet who, have brought, who had brought him back. He cried out to the man of God who had come from Judah, "'This is what the Lord says. "'You have defied the Lord, the word of the Lord, and you have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. "'You came back and ate bread and drank water in the place where he told you not to eat or drink.'" Therefore your body will not be buried in the tomb of your fathers. When the man of God finished eating and drinking, the prophet who brought him back settled his donkey for him. As he went on his way, a lion met him on the road and killed him, and his body was thrown down on the road, with both the donkey and the lion standing beside it. Some people who passed by saw the body thrown down there, and with the lion standing beside the body, and they went and reported it in the city where the old prophet lived. When the prophet who had brought him back from his journey heard of it, he said, It is the man of God who defied the word of the Lord. The Lord was given over, uh, has given him over to the lion, which has mauled him and killed him, as the word of the Lord has warned him. The prophet said to his sons, Saddle the donkey for me, and they did so. They went out and found the body thrown down on the road, with the donkey and the lion standing beside it. The lion had neither eaten the body nor mauled the donkey. So the Prophet picked up the body of the man of God, laid it on the donkey, brought it back to his own city to mourn for him and bury him. Then he laid the body uh, in his own tomb, and they mourned over him and said, O oh, my brother! After burying him, he said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave where the man of God is buried, lay my bones beside his bones. For the message he declared by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the shrines of the high places in the town of Samaria will certainly come true. Even after this, Jeroboam did not change his evil ways, but once more appointed priests for the high places from all sorts of people. Anyone who wanted to be a priest he consecrated for the high places. There was the sin, this was the sin of the house of Jeroboam that led to its downfall and to its destruction from the face of the earth. At that time Abijah, son of Jeroboam became ill, and Jeroboam said to his wife, Go, disguise yourself so you won't be recognized as the wife of Jeroboam. Then go to Shiloh, Ahijah the prophet is there. The one who told me I would be king over the people. Take ten loaves of bread with you, some cakes, and a jar of honey, and go to him. He will tell you what will happen to the boy. So Jeroboam's wife did what he said and went to Ahijah's house in Shiloh. Now Ahijah could not see. His sight was gone because of his age. But the Lord had told Ahijah, uh, "'Jeroboam's wife is coming to ask you about her son, for he is ill, "'and you are to give her such and such an answer. "'When she arrives, she will pretend to be someone else.' "'So when Ahijah heard the sound of footsteps at the door, he said, "'Come in, wife of Jeroboam, why this pretense? "'I have been sent to you with bad news. "'Go, tell Jeroboam that this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says.' I raised you up from among the people and made you leader over my people Israel. I tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you. But you have not been like my servant David, who kept my commands and followed me with all his heart, doing only what was right in my eyes. You have done more evil than all who lived before you. You have made for yourself other gods, idols made of metal. You have provoked me to anger and thrust me behind your back. Because of this, I am going to bring disaster on the house of Jeroboam. I will cut off from Jeroboam every last male in Israel, slave or free. I will burn up the house of Jeroboam as one burns dung until it, uh, until it is all gone. Dogs will eat those belonging to Jeroboam who die in the city, and the birds of the air will feed on those who die in the country. The Lord has spoken. As for you, go back home. You will set foot in your city. The boy, When you set foot in your city, the boy will die. All Israel will mourn for him and bury him. He is the only one belonging to Jeroboam who will be buried, because he is the only one in the house of Jeroboam in whom the Lord, the God of Israel, has found anything good. The Lord will uh, raise up for himself a king over Israel who will cut off the family of Jeroboam. This is the day. What? Yes, even now and the lord will strike israel so that it will be like a reed swaying in the water he will uproot israel from this good land that he gave to their forefathers and scatter them beyond the river because they provoked the lord to anger by making asherah poles and he will give israel up because of the sins of jeroboam has committed and has caused israel to commit then jeroboam's wife got up and left and went to tirzah as soon as she stepped over the threshold of the house the boy died They buried him, and all Israel mourned for him, as the Lord had said through his servant, the prophet Aisha. The other events of Jeroboam's reign, reign, his wars, and how he ruled, are written in the book of the annals of the kings of Israel. He reigned for twenty-two years and then rested with his fathers, and Adab his son succeeded him as king. Rehoboam, son of Solomon, was king in Judah. He was forty-one years old when he became king, and he reigned seventeen years in Jerusalem. The city the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel in which to put his name. His mother's name was Namah, She was an Ammonite. Judah did evil in the eyes of the Lord. By the sins they committed, they stirred up his jealous anger more than their father had done. They also set up for themselves high places, sacred stones and Asherah poles on every hill and under every spreading tree. There were even male shrine prostitutes in the land. The people were engaged in all detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. In the fifth year of King Rehoboam, Shishak, king of Egypt, attacked Jerusalem. He carried off the treasures of the temple of the Lord and the treasures of the royal palace. He took everything, including all the gold shields Solomon made. Solomon had made. So King Rehoboam. Uh, made bronze shields to replace them and assigned these to the commanders of the guard on duty at the entrance to the royal palace. Whenever the king went to the Lord's temple, the guards bore uh, the shields and afterward they returned them to the guardroom. And as for the other events of Rehoboam's reign and all he did, are they not written in the book of the Annals of the kings of Judah? There was continual warfare between Rehoboam and Jeroboam, and Rehoboam rested with his fathers and was buried with them in the city of David. His mother's name was Namah. She was an Ammonite. And Abijah, his son, succeeded him as king. Huh. So that concludes 1 Kings chapter 14. It's was a rough one. Um, we'll finish 1 Kings next time and pick up two kings ever onward let go and let God